Okay, well, uh, welcome to Christian Radio. Thanks for being here, everybody. Um, I'm joined today by my good friend, TJ Sales. Uh, TJ is a, uh, an entrepreneur's entrepreneur, uh, <laughs> owning restaurants and building stuff and uh, just, just being who he is, man. So, TJ, how are you? I'm great. Good. So, before we get going, man, um, you know, like I said, you own restaurants and you're a carpenter and a construction guy and uh, you, you, you don't work for anybody, which is badass. So um, right now, obviously, is a is a pretty rough time to be in in the restaurant biz. Yes, how's, it uh, is. How's how's everything, man? Are you uh, you surviving? Um, yeah, we're surviving. You know, our businesses are we're pretty healthy, and we are pretty strategic about how we keep cash on hand and Perfect. spend money. But it's been pretty rough. In particular, the new place we opened, Matlax, down on Front Street we were really holding out for tree for it to kind of yeah. like get us some cash flow and, you know, really be set up and not having that. Um, and also not having regulars that kind of support you through takeout or delivery or, you know, kind of stuff. Totally. Just well, yeah, really, you, that, I mean, that seems like the worst timing. Like you spent all that time, yeah. like redoing it and getting it going. And like, right as yeah. soon as you guys opened this happened and you were closed. Yeah. I mean, my wife and I have a, pretty big stake in it and our partner from Seattle has a big stake and then uh, Justin here who owned Prefunk I mean he's got a slice and it was a real gut punch but I mean I I'm kind of like the I don't know there's like all those stages of grief and I was really upset you know really sad then I was mad yeah. and then you accept it and now you're, now you're uh, just accepting it so North End Pizza is still hanging in there and selling pizza to go out the window, which has allowed us to keep a couple salary people on staff and actually bring a couple hourly folks back in. Cool. Prost has been tough because, you know, we're a draft beer place, but we've been opening on um, Wednesdays and Saturdays from like one to five and doing bratwurst sandwiches and beers and uh, we sanitize court jars and sell that. Yeah. So. Cool. But cool. it's been rough. I dude, I, I can only imagine. And, and <laughs> yeah, and you guys just had a baby too. Yeah, March 9th, we had a baby girl. So uh, you know, the week after we were we laid off sixty employees and you know, I listened to this guy, do you know Tom Cocleo? Cocleo Cocleo Cockley? He's a restaurateur, he's kinda affiliated with like Danny Meyer a little bit out of New York and he was on NPR talking about the bailout and Yeah. You know, like any small business, a restaurant bar especially is, it's a little family, you know, and totally. to, to let people go and know they're going to have a hard time making an unemployment if they can get signed up. And yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty emotional week. Oh, I, so. dude, I, I can't even imagine, man. Yeah, we, we've been fortunate where we haven't had to lay anybody off. Like we still have yeah. projects coming in. We had, we had signed a bunch of stuff right before this happened. So we have some, we have stuff to carry us through for a while, you know, but there's, there's, mm -hmm. there's definitely a lot of, not a ton, there's some, but not a ton of new stuff coming in for sure. Yeah. I wasn't as, uh, I wasn't as prepared as I could be. You know, I was planning on kind of being on paternity leave a little bit and I was kind of resetting construction wise, like trying to figure out, you know, as we've talked about before, like what I'm trying to do. And I just wanted to try to enjoy doing some projects around the house and having the baby, but Totally. You know, I kind of had to jump back into some projects that luckily were there, some little stuff that just to get some cash flow. Totally. You know, because yeah. as you know, it takes a while to get those things. I mean, the project I worked on today, I've been working on since to get set up since, you know, first of December. Oh, wow. So it takes a while. 
To, oh, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing in our in yeah, yeah in our industry, in that industry, man. Nothing happens fast. Like yeah, yep. even when yep. we sign a project, it's weeks and months sometimes until like we've yep. got everything we need and we can start and everybody's good and yeah, nothing yeah, nothing happens overnight for sure. So anyway, that's kind of yeah, that's kind of what I'm up to, man. It's just um, I've got a couple little carpentry projects. I'm um, trying to line up some other stuff and nice. just trying to bring some cash flow in. And now that we did re receive one of the grants, I believe. For okay. the Malax is too new, so it doesn't get fund. It can't for whatever reason it can't qualify, which is a real heartbreaker. But yeah. you know the other places got the EIDL grant or whatever, and I'm yeah. just hoping. You know the flip side is that when you open back up, you can't if they restrict our occupancy. That's going to be a challenge as well because the occupancy half occupancy is not. I don't have half bills and half rent and half. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What, what <laughs> restaurant ever thinks like, gosh, how can we get less people in here and be smaller? Like that's not how that works. It's not how that works. No. Oh. And uh, <laughs> so I don't know, man. My I heart just, goes out to you, man. That's, that's crazy, dude. You know, I'm here to help however, however I can, man. Well, that's uh, my thing. I'm just trying to network right now. And, um, you know, I've reached out to a couple other, you know, my thing is like, because of my other businesses, I don't really having a normal nine to five job is pretty tough for me. Totally. But luckily, or luckily, or what you know, and I have different thoughts on this, but construction, residential construction here, especially, is very subcontractor driven. And so I'm just trying to network out to people who, like you guys, have got things on the books and just need skilled labor. Yep. And I'm hoping that the market doesn't get flooded with people who are getting laid off as the economy craters and it becomes more competitive. So I'm trying to network now to lock things up. That's yeah. That, I hadn't really thought of that. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, people get laid off and cool. I'll be, I'll be a construction guy now or I'll start my own construction company now. Well for $35 and a $1,200 insurance policy, you're a contractor, yeah. whether you should be or not. And so, crazy. <laughs> so, and then a lot of people just get, they'll get taken advantage of in 1099 and there's, it's pretty cutthroat out there. So that's what I'm trying to do now. I'm just trying to, I like to stay busy. It keeps me positive. So yeah. Uh, crazy, crazy. Man. Plan. So a couple months ago when we were talking and, you know, and we did that article in the constructivist, there was a bunch of stuff that we talked about that. And the reason I wanted to have you back on and do this yep. is, is to talk about more of the, the, the sustainability, you know, the, the sustainable construction the stuff we were talking about. Cause I know that's stuff that you're super passionate about. And it, a, lot yep. stuff, a lot of the stuff that you told me was stuff that I'd never heard of before. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm in the industry for sure, but, but you talked about stuff, man, that I hadn't, I had no idea. Like, like the, um, there's different mortgages and loans for sustainable houses, like green loans or whatever. Right. Well, the energy efficient mortgage, um, energy you know, and I'm not, yeah. I'm not a lending expert, right. but there are mechanisms out there uh, that I think I've never heard of being used here. And I've talked to a couple other pretty established builders that have never heard of it either. Yeah. Because the reality is now is you're making these houses more efficient. You know, if you have a 5,000 square foot house, you know, with a heated RV garage and all the, you know, all that stuff, you can't just slap solar on it and call it good. But oh, if you really design your house, I mean, you can, but like, <laughs> you're still, the, the, I'll be interested to see what happens with the natural gas prices too. Like I'm not an energy expert, but yeah. now that oil is zero, like, I don't know what that means. 
Yeah, I, I, but, don't know, um, I don't know if those two intersect or how they intersect or how that works, <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that, but yeah that, could, that could be really crazy. What I would say is that just sort of this, I mean, what I, my personal opinion, and this is just my thought, is that construction is really dominated by banking and real estate more than it is, um, you know, by builders. Sure. You know what I mean? So, like, when I have my house appraised, I'm trying to refinance my house before all this shitstorm, and, you know, the the appraiser comes to my house and he's like, man, this house is great. You've remodeled it. I've tried to be, I'm shooting for a net zero uh, remodel of a bench house, but he's like, I can't give you credit or any like extra money for the extra insulation you've done, the thermal bridging you've stopped, um, the zero VOC finishes you've used or your solar array. Like I have to base it on what's sold around you, which our houses built in the fifties and sixties yeah. code you know, to that code or, you know, so you don't really get any incentive. So you got to really want it. And so I think part of it is telling people like, so people that get the big picture of like, you know, I'm basically prepaying my energy bill. It's two parts. I think, like I said before, the energy thing is about a lifestyle choice. You know, that's something that I choose to do by having solar power to try to reduce my carbon footprint in my home. Yep. And then regardless of what the government or the bank or anybody else says, it's just the right thing to do for me, for me. Yeah. And uh, it'd be nice if there was a little more support at the city level or at the banking financial level. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. And, I mean, that, blows my, that blows my mind that somebody would come appraise your house. They can't see or justify your house appraising for more because of stuff like that. That seems crazy. Yeah. Well, I paid $400 last year for power and yeah. my house is all electric and they're like, yeah, but if I paid 200 bucks a month in power for my air conditioning in the summer, yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Like they, how is, yeah. How is that not more valuable? Like that makes no sense. So what's, I mean, so what's the, what's the solution to that? I mean, is it obviously it's, it's the banking, like you said, the banking industry or whatever, like, well, I think you, you need to get some mortgage you need to get a mortgage broker or a lender on your uh, show and ask them because yeah. like I said, you know, I'm just construction guy, but I try to pay enough attention and I've just heard little snippets of that, but I haven't found anyone to discuss it with or that's heard of it really so beyond anecdotally here in town. Huh? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to work on that. I'm, I mean, I, I know some mortgage people for sure. And I'm, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get some answers to that, man. Cause that's super interesting. I, I thought about maybe, I don't know what your reach is at the show, but should I say like really inflammatory polarizing things, then you'll get some feedback and I mean, people... that's what gets people talking. That's what makes shit go viral. Right. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're just vanilla about stuff, man, nobody cares. But if you take a stand and you know, say some controversial shit, like that's what gets people's attention. I, uh, I mean, like I said, ultimately, you know, it's got to be a personal choice. And then I think you can make the case for the economics of it in a lot of ways after the fact. And, you know, the market never rewards people at the leading edge. You know what I mean? Like a lot, in a lot of ways until after it's established. Right. Yeah. And until well, like, you're on to the next, you know, three things after that, it just takes yeah. a while to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. That's super. You know, like the. The main thing is just, I don't know, like, 
the status quo gets to become very comfortable and everyone, people, when you base your business, your life around it, then you're not that motivated to change it. And then I think a lot of people, everyone's guilty of getting in their ruts and like, you know, like we talked about before, like, you know, doing continuing education, like reading about stuff, like, yeah. you know, reading about what people are doing in Connecticut or Massachusetts or, you know, Rhode Island where they pay a ton of money for heating and cooling costs because they don't have hydropower. Sure. Right. Sure. Yeah. That's like the Northwest West coast thing is like, we have dams. Yeah. So our power is pretty cheap. cheap. Yeah. But if you were paying for heating oil, sure. you know, or propane in the Northeast, you're, that's, that's what drove all that back in the seventies to start all that is because they had the, day, that's, that's what, how most people heat their houses with super expensive electricity or, or oil or propane. Well, and they get their electricity from a coal fired power plant. Sure. So like I grew up in the, in Tennessee, Tennessee Valley, TVA, they have nuclear powered power plants, which, you know, whatever, I'm not going to get into that, but then they have uh, coal fired power plants. And, you know, at some point, uh, you know, you got to make a stand about like, not gonna, I don't want to, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm not, I have just trying to do the best I can. And so you start making these decisions of like, I don't really want to be part of that. Or like for me, fracking, I'm trying not to have natural, I don't have natural gas in my house because it's not that I'm judging people that do, but for me, I'm trying to like say, Hey, I know that fracking has a lot of bad side effects. And like, we don't really need it for our houses. If we just design them better sure, differently, then we wouldn't need that stuff. Well, so, so let's talk about that. So, Cause that's super interesting. Yeah. Cause I mean, the way, especially where we live, like you buy a house that has natural gas, you, you know, I mean, any subdivision you see going up, they've got all the gas meters stubbed up. I mean, that's how stuff is built. But, and so I, so I think conventional knowledge is like, well, you have to have it. And you just said you don't have to have it. So, so talk you about don't. So, so yeah, talk about that, man. Tell me about that. Okay. Well, so now, I mean, the big movement is like, I mean, obviously fracking and you want to get like, you know, that level of it. But the thing is natural gas is quite cheap. And, um, you know, again, if you have a huge house and insulated very well, it's insulated to your code minimum standard. Yeah. You're going to just blast that, you know, your 85% efficiency, 92% AF, you know, efficiency heater. And that's what all the, you know, the HVAC techs are, they just put a big old furnace in there and you fire that thing up. It's in, they always put it in the garage, which I think is weird because like, it just sucks in all the crap from your garage into your house. Right. But then you put this furnace in and then people are like, well, I got to have a gas stove. I just can't cook without a gas, you know, stove. Yeah. And, you know, for some people it's a real um, aesthetic thing. Okay. You know, and you have to have a gas water heater because everyone knows how expensive it can be to have an uh, electric hot water heater. So you start adding these things up and then gas becomes the cheapest choice. Sure. But if you say to yourself, okay, well, man, I'm going to build this house. It's going to be, uh, have this really tight air envelope. The last thing I want to do is have, I mean, you know, now you have to have CO2 meters in your house because you can poison yourself with carbon monoxide from combustion yeah. in your home. So then you say to yourself, um, you know, I got to have the gas furnace. I got to have the gas heater because I have this huge house and I got five kids and I got four showers and all these different things. And like, it's hard to keep up with, with electric 
that way competitively, but if you're able to have the means to design your own home, you can't design it in a way that, uh, you know, you make a tighter envelope for your house, it's more efficient, and then you can start playing with that and saying like, well, I could use an air source heat pump hot water heater. You know, they're expensive, but you can do that. And if you're like, I'm gonna be in this house for 20 years, you can make that math, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And then you start saying like, hey, you know, chefs all over the world use induction burners. Like if the French Laundry can use an induction burner for their restaurant, I'm pretty sure it's okay for you too. It's great for me to make pancakes with it in my house. Yeah, and so then you go to get into that and then you're like, I mean, having the induction range has been a real game changer for us because, you know, having little kids, it doesn't get hot and it doesn't heat your house up. Interesting. Right? So like, have you ever used an induction burner? No, dude, I know, I, I never have. They're badass. Like, I'm not a scientist. I don't know exactly how it works, but yeah. somehow it inducts heat real freaking fast into your, like, you can boil a pot of water like that. It's insane. Crazy. And so, um, so you get into that. I mean, we have a heat pump water heater. I have just our traditional air source heat pump that goes in the house. It's not the greatest, but, um, you know, but if no one tells you these options, yeah. And then you can say, well, like, boom, all of a sudden I have all these electric appliances and then I can incorporate my solar array. Now you're talking about like a whole package, right? Sure, versus, sure. versus like, oh, I have this huge house and I want to get solar because I believe in it and it seems like the right thing to do. And I do have expensive electrical bills because my house is inefficient. Yeah. You know, and then you're like, I'm going to spend 50 grand or whatever on a solar array. It's going to take me 30 years to pay off. But you just take a couple steps back and design your house to like not need that much energy. Yeah. Right. You've, you've saved that. And that's to me, if you have the means to design your own home, I, I just can't understand why someone wouldn't do that unless, you know, yeah. Well, yeah Cause Does that makes sense because most times nobody's giving them those options. Right. That's so crazy. Some people don't care. Some sure. people just don't, you know, they just don't want to, you know, I think there's a little generational aspect sometimes. And then I think uh, some people are so motivated by like the, the, the price right in front of their face and they're not oh, looking yeah. at the price for down sure. the road. I mean, I, we deal with that every single day. Yeah. For sure. yeah. Oh, that's too expensive. I'm not doing it. But, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, man, that was kind of my thing. And I just started really looking at it and I just think there's, you know, opportunity to like, like I was saying before we met, like to live your values. If you, if you really, your values tell you that you don't, you're not, even if you don't, you don't have to be an expert, like I'm not an expert, but like, I'm pretty sure that pumping hydraulic fluid into like aquifers that take thousands of years to fill up, it's probably not a good idea for like 10 people to make a shit ton of money off of it. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Versus like hiring the solar guys who employ a company and like, yeah, sure. They make the panels, maybe they're made in China or whatever, but like, I'm gonna have that forever. Like the panels are warranted for 25 years. Yeah. And no one, you know, technically no one really got hurt in the making of this. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. And uh, that's a big thing too, I think, is just the notion of energy as it's controlled by like, you know, if you want natural gas, you only got one company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a full like, monopoly, yeah. Yeah, and so if you want power, there's only one company. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you, you buy it from them or you make your own. Doesn't Correct. Matter. So yeah. they definitely don't want to get any cheaper because that's scary to them you of know? course they don't and, th and that yeah and that always like just 
is is so bizarre to me where well like i say yeah they're the only ones and then you know they, and then they you know make it seem like it doesn't matter if it's auto power or you know whatever power company you know, around the country you don't hear the same stuff and you know how you know they're you know they're protecting the people and whatever of course they're not they're a huge corporation and they're trying to protect them making money yeah of course they are well they i mean yeah again i'm not an energy expert but i know that it just at the gut level it just seems sort of like really like it's just not necessary and like it's not for everyone there's plenty of people who don't really care and they just want to come home and make dinner and play with the kids and they don't care and that's fine but uh you know, it would be nice to connect with people, whether they're design professionals or clients or, you know, I feel like the city of Boise has a, some opportunities to do do some cool stuff if they chose. Yeah. Um, you know, like, as far like, as like, like like what like what what like what could the city of Boise do that's the, that they're not with that that they're not already doing? Well, you know, I I just saw they had this like, um, you know, the mayor who I don't know personally, but they released this you know, she, the, her big thing was the first hundred days, like, what are you going to do? And yeah. I just saw it today. It came in my email, the, the housing report about how they're going to do. And the city's main focus is about homelessness, which is a real concern. Absolutely. But I think that like, you know, they've built some housing here for people like, uh, what's the one down there on, um, by where the new police station is. Adair, I I think it's called. No, there's that one, but there's the one I toured it. Um, Oh, the, the new path? Is it new path? Yes. You know, so there you go. It's a cool building, but like if you just, I, th I think if you just take it one step further and be like, okay, the city's going to get all this money from wherever they get their money from. Yeah. And, but like, if you could take it one step further, like what they do in Portland or Seattle, where it's like, hey, we're going to build this housing. We're going to government finance it and make it whatever. But we're also going to make it um, net zero ready. Yeah. Or carbon neutral. You know what I mean? Like sure. taking that phase versus just taking like the conventional way because it's cheaper and everyone can cheaper. on the front end yeah. and then just kind of putting that out. So I think that's where, you know, the city could lead a little bit more or incentivizing more like, Hey, if you're going to make a net zero ready house, you don't have to pay all the fees or something, you know what I mean? To make a little carrot out there. Absolutely. Because, um, you know, right now it just seems to be just sort of geared towards the same old, same old. And like, we, we need more housing. Absolutely. And, uh, and, uh, the single family home's not going to go away. People, especially people in Idaho, no people, I mean, yeah, it's cool living in an apartment, but I don't know, man, the single family home is going to be around for a little while. Yeah. I don't know anybody that would rather, given a choice would rather live in an apartment type situation than yeah. I'm not giving up my basement. Yeah, so, live in a, no way. No way. My basement. Yeah. So, I mean, I think in the short, I don't know, especially like, like that's why I think the ADU thing now is a big deal. Totally. Totally. Like I'm really interested in accessory dwelling units. Cause again, you have this opportunity to make this really tight, functional, efficient space. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, Absolutely. um, and then infill too, like, urban infill with row housing or whatever. Like you have, anytime you have a shared wall, I think is a really good opportunity to save money and energy. Sure. So, 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 so yeah. So, so on that, I mean, it doesn't have to be a full multi-fam thing. It can be condos or, you know, townhouses, mm -hmm. townhouses or whatever, where it's two units that share the one wall. Yeah. So in that, in that yeah. kind of scenario, and, and I know though, I mean, and there's a lot of those going up right now. What, what, like, I don't know, but like, what is, what do you do? What, what is, what is that shared wall? Like what, what do you do to, 
share energy or save energy that well, way. I'm not a, I'm not a multifamily expert, but yeah. uh, you know, when you're sharing walls, you don't, you know, you don't have an exterior wall there. Right. And so, and if you're sharing a couple walls, let's say you're like, let's say you're in townhomes back to back to back, you might be sharing three walls with someone else. Sure. That's super efficient, right? You don't need as much. You're not losing as much to the outside air. Sure. And, um, you know, again, there's people, I'm not an expert at this, but it's just kind of common sense. If people are interested or if you're interested, uh, there's a company called Green Hammer over in Portland. And they're like, they're building these insane, like, uh, net zero, net zero ready, multifamily uh, housing facilities. They're building senior care facilities. Mm-hmm. And they're just like gorgeous designs, super yeah. cool. You know, I know they have a little bit different market than us and I get that, but like they're doing it and they've already figured all that out. They've figured out all the, the, um, the modeling of what to do. Sure. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's easy oh, to quantify it to be like, yeah. we did and here's what it costs. Yeah. We'll tell you and then make it work. Yeah. So, so you said a couple of times net zero ready. What, what, how, what, I think I know what that means, but what, what is, what does that mean? It's basically like over the course of the year, all the energy that you're going to use, you'll produce okay. on site. Yeah. So net zero ready basically means they're not paying for the solar panels yet. And okay. then you move okay. and buy your own solar panels. That's okay. But the main thing would be, um, there's like zero energy or like a passive type house that doesn't use anything other than what it produces all the time. Whereas net zero usually relies on, um, 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 what you call it? Um, net metering. So like my house, I don't make enough power in the winter time to, to be able to, I don't make it generate enough energy with my solar to pay for my heating. Right. Yep. But I make way more than I need in the summertime that Idaho power allows me to net meter up. The meter goes backwards and they give me credit for that. Nice. nice. And so that's how you can make it work. Cool. Cool. And so, so yeah, so like you said, year, you live in a net zero. Totally. And so, so you live in a 1950s house and you've done a bunch mm-hmm. of these upgrades to an old house. So you don't, you don't have to build design a brand new house to do a lot of the stuff you're talking about. No, Nope. So, um, I mean like you can get into like, energy modeling and like I'm just doing it like bootstrap style just reading articles reading books going to um conferences yeah just trying to see what happens like sure. you know there's some stuff now that I've done that I would have done differently yeah um but you know and money's a factor too like I'm not I'm just carpenter guy I don't have like endless resources totally totally well and that's in that you know it, it is it is for me I mean for somebody when I mean it's at some point they're not you know who knows and they're not too terribly disappeared at some point, you know, we're going to do a, you know, pretty substantial remodel at my house here. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and so for me to work with somebody like you, who's, um, you know, tried some of the stuff and like I said, you know, learns about it and studies it. Like, of course that's who I would r- rather work with than somebody mm-hmm. that hasn't obviously. So right. what, what is, so as somebody who would, you know, who's maybe thinking about remodeling an old house or even, even a fairly new house to do some of this stuff, what is like, like kind of the triage? Like what, what do you start looking at first? Like, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, how do you start thinking about this? I would say the first thing that you got to think about the stuff that's not very sexy. I mean, people want to think about what kind of cabinets they're going to get and their countertop. And I'm going to get tile. They think about finishes, which are super expensive. Yeah. But to me, the number one thing, depending on the scope of your remodel, would be uh, the envelope of your house. Okay. 
and that comes down to you know the, the the envelope your roof your walls you can't do much about the the basement necessarily in every situation but yeah. that's like the first thing because that's like the cheapest way to save money in terms of energy because insulation is pretty cheap sure right and then after that it gets into you know you kind of can balance out like your systems which is you know basically your heating and cooling mm -hmm. um you know, depending on what kind of house you build, you can eliminate heating and cooling and have a passive house. Yeah. Um, it'd be hard to remodel that way, but you can, I mean, you can do it. It can be done. Um, but uh, the biggest thing I think would be to, to tighten that up and then to add more efficient systems, whether it's your HVAC system, like doing the air source heat pump, um, or even just if you still want, if you really want gas, like going to like the most efficient, furnace you can get you know um and these aren't the cheapest things totally. and then your wiring making sure you know your wiring's up to code and then switching over to led lights yep. um those sorts of things so that that envelope and then the systems of the house cool you know um yeah that's the that's like the first thing to think about yeah. i think and, and that's what envelope, i think about i mean that's i mean are we talking i mean yeah so you said more insulation so if you're doing a full remodel, I mean, I'm assuming you're, you know, insulating, you know, all the outside walls better, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what type of, I mean, this is probably not just the stuff you'd buy from Home Depot, the, you know, a better R value of, you know, pink stuff you're going to roll up. Right? Yeah. Uh, I think probably now the preferred um, insulation here in the Valley for really having a tight envelope would be blown cellulose. Cellulose. Okay. So they come in and they can net your house. You know, you would air seal it. So you go around and some guys use like spray foam. You can use that, but it's preferred to use like an elastomeric caulk because the spray foam is your house moves, cracks, and you can let airs go through. Sure. I went to a very fascinating presentation about air sealing and I learned a yeah. lot. And uh, so you can seal your house up and then, you know, the um, blown cellulose it's just shredded newspaper treated with like a borate type anti-inflame anti-flame substance they net your house and then they just blow it in and pack it in huh. and it's pretty cost effective you can also blow fiberglass in but fiberglass is kind of gross and um it's just not that not that good yeah um you can also use like my house i insulated with mineral wool bats because i didn't have that much money and to pay for the blown cellulose guy but I was able to, uh, I was able to install that myself, and I did it in a way that was pretty tight. And, and mineral wool is pretty nice because it's not—it's a, a inert. It doesn't have it doesn't have a paper bat on it. It can't hold mold. It doesn't really. It doesn't have. It doesn't doesn't get moldy and nasty. Nice, interesting. So, and then I wrapped my whole house in inch and a half poly iso foam panels, which having a foam outside your house is nice because it eliminates thermal bridging through the studs which thermal bridging it just means heat transfer if you have a stud that goes from your sheetrock to the outside of the wall yeah. heat goes this way and it can go this way sure interesting so. interesting and so so a lot of this stuff i mean obviously you've learned you know for, you know from physically doing yourself kind of trial and error but i but like we talked about before you have some certifications and some education on this stuff that, that very few people around around here do tell tell me about that um, so I, like I said, I started getting into it and I thought there was an opportunity to maybe help my 
business side out. And also because I was starting this remodel, I realized I didn't really know what I was talking about. And I don't probably still know that much about what I'm talking about, but you know, I, I just, I, I, um, I disagree with that. You, I think you know a whole lot about what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, so like, anyway, I mean, I go talk to hear these people talk at these conferences and events and stuff. And you're like, damn, I have no idea. Yeah. People have gone on the rabbit hole. So bit the energy modeling stuff alone, is just like, sure, totally. um, and I just wasn't, you know, I had some free time and I was, I'm always been into like going to school and classes. I've always enjoyed that stuff. And, um, so I went to, I found this company or I guess it's a nonprofit over in Oregon called earth advantage and they're a third party certification system. So over there they would, um, certify your project. They certify, um, you know, production home builders, guys that are building 500, 800 houses a year. They certify, um, appraisers they certify real estate agents they certify um design professionals in these different processes so that there's a real third party it's not like you know you have lead for the government which is really expensive but just a way that to kind of quantify what you're doing and have these trainings and so i found out about it and i thought man this is awesome and uh i had some money and some time and so i went over to portland every month for six months and got the sustainable homes professional class, which was really interesting for me, especially from the mechanical side of things, because I didn't really understand HVAC and like, it's really complicated sure, in yeah, some yeah. ways. And so it was really helpful to me to like educate myself so I could make smarter decisions for what I was doing in my own home. Yeah. And also so I could read, so when I read some of these articles and things I could like digest and like know what they're talking about, like, Oh, now I know what, you know, a blower door test is. And I know what, uh, when it says get your house to two ACH 50, like I know what that means. And I wasn't getting that just being carpenter guy going to work every day, sure, sure. you know? So, um, it was a good opportunity and I took the class. I had to do like a project and a presentation and take a nice. test and nice. I got certified. Very cool. Very cool. And I mean, because like I said, I mean, there, there's nobody else really around with that, like especially in our area, right? Not really. Not that I know of. If they are, I haven't met them. And yeah. if they're not registered with Earth Advantage, yeah. the closest affiliates would be over in Bend. They have a little office in Bend, oh, cool. and then they do some stuff down in Southern Oregon. They've tried to come over here. The actually the executive director of Earth Advantage, I think his sister lives here. Oh, interesting. But uh, you know, the number one, I mean you have to have people have to want it. And I think, again, it goes back to people aren't marketing. Like they'll say, Oh, we're energy star. Well, that doesn't really mean a whole lot. Yeah. You know, like it's good, but it's not like, you know, it's like, it's like we were talking about food and you're like, Oh, there's organic food and there's natural food. Sure. And you're like, well, natural what, <laughs> you know? And then there's like, now we have regenerative agriculture. So like, it's not enough to be organic you've got to be regenerative. That's like the next level of things, you know? And so I think housing has those same, uh, you know, it's like coffee. Now we're on the third wave of coffee. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds like it's better than second and first wave. Obviously. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think people, people know that, I mean, your house is such a huge investment and it's, it's such a player in the, the climate situation, buildings and construction that I think that it's just overwhelming. And so 
most people when they're doing a project, they're so overwhelmed picking out their countertops and what kind of tile they're going to put in their shower. Sure. They're not even, they don't give a shit about what kind of HVAC you're using. They just want to know what it costs. Yeah. And then it, it works, right? Yep. Cool. It Fine. works. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, oh, totally. and, uh, so I think that's, I can't, I gotta be honest. I mean, you know, I've taken the class. I still, uh, work with those folks and, you know, earth advantage would like to come over here and do more with the city of Boise and to do classes, but there's no demand for it. And sure. so, which is a little disheartening. I just, you know, it just is what it is, but I can't say that anyone's called me and been like, God, I need you to build me a net zero home, you know, yeah. or I need, you know, I need, you're the guy with this advice. And that part has been a, a little disheartening, but you know, that's life. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, I mean, as things <laughs> progress and I mean, I mean, all you, I mean, all, you know, you, we can do is, you know, try to help educate people and, I mean, yeah. like I said, I mean, I mean, you don't, you don't know what you don't know, you know, and, and, I, and I honestly think, I mean, I talked to, in what I do, I talk to a lot of people and what you're talking about right now, most people don't even know they need to know this stuff. Yeah. Well, they don't, if they're doing fine and making money, like I, what's the yeah. incentive, you know, so totally, like, totally. a lot of it, there's just a lot of, um, you know, you know, I'm an outsider. I didn't grow up in Boise. I didn't grow up in Idaho. I moved here. Yeah. And uh, I would say just like many places, construction is built on relationships a lot of those relationships are you know long term like hey i went to high school with this guy and now i'm 50 and i've done his projects and i coached his kids baseball team so it's real relationship or um again it's driven more by like like a marketing thing you know what i mean like think about people who live go live out in the new dry creek ranch subdivision because they want to be on a farm even though they took over a farm it Which whatever that's fine. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like being on a farm. It doesn't feel like being no, on a like, farm. Yeah. And then they just they just put up the same houses, the same code minimum house that like, like really? Yeah. You know, or like, then you even get into like fire and all these different things of like, man, your house you have no resiliency. Yeah. Like your like, I wouldn't want to live out anywhere around here without a metal roof and like stucco, or metal concrete siding yeah especially you're out there and i mean just i mean i know they have the wooey you know they have rules for when you're in the foothills but it's just kind of mind-boggling or then you're like hey we have this farm and everyone's going to be able to go out into the you know foothills and enjoy this beautiful place we live but we're all gonna like drive everywhere and my have... house is gonna be five feet away from like our neighbor's house yeah and my house is going to be 4,000 square feet. I have, you know, there's four people in my family and we have to have all these different spaces. And that to me is where I think you have to have someone who just kind of gets it. It's like, you yeah. know, I, I oh, don't. For sure, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and we've talked enough that I, I'm like you in that where I, that's not where I want to live. Obviously people want to live there. That's yeah. not for me. I'm not trying to go. Well, it's there. no different with landscape design where you get someone who comes in and is like, you know what? I want to have all these tropical plants. And you're like, yeah, you know, that's, I mean, we can do it, but boy, you're really going to spend a lot of energy. Yeah, we can do Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, we can do it, but you need to have them inside. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, make any not, sense. Not, yeah. Cause they're not going to live here at all. Like you might get it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll plant them in the summer or whatever and they're going to die. Yeah. Then, and then the, you know, the realtor comes in and is like, Oh, there's no resale value in those tropical plants. I don't think you want to do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's a, it's just an education thing and people have a lot of decisions to make in life. I'm always just surprised how little 
I don't want to make sound condescending, but like how little effort people really put into their house, especially if you're building a custom home, you're spending three, $400 a square foot for a nice house. Yeah. They're using this. Everyone buys the same two by fours and the same two by sixes and puts it together pretty much the same way. Right. And so I think that there are some super high end houses that are now starting to, you know, I worked, I was lucky to work on a house last year with another builder, the beautiful house, great builder. And, um, you know, the guy, the client, he's a physician, he's very sharp, knows what he's doing and, um, has done his homework, had a great design and like really executed an awesome, awesome house. Nice. Solar panels, exterior insulation, cellulose, you know, the whole, the whole deal, but it's not, those houses make it look like it has to be some sort of exceptional trophy thing. Sure. Whereas you can just build the regular production house and just make a couple tweaks and you know especially what they're doing if you look at what they're doing in production housing in california oregon washington those guys already have it figured out we're talking publicly traded massive massive home builders yeah and they don't mess around and they make a couple tweaks in their production line and boom it's that's what they do now hmm. so it's doable yeah and so 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 like i said yeah so it doesn't have to be this you know multi-million dollar house you don't have to be a doctor to no. afford it so, so on no. a regular, you know, like I said, a regular production house from what you're talking about, how much of a, you know, from how the, how it's done now, you know, traditionally to what you're talking about, how much of a price increase do you think there is on the front end? You know, that's a tricky, that's a slippery slope. Sure. And I think when you talk about the construction cost versus the cost of the life of the house. Yeah. And then also the cost of the house to exist on the planet, like it's embodied cost those are three different costs very different things yeah but i would i would argue just anecdotally that you could do it for not much more money maybe five percent five percent yeah maybe because depending depending on how you build it the number one thing is don't build a freaking huge house sure yeah yeah that's the first one sure you know if you want to if you want to build a five six thousand square foot house I don't, you can spend gajillions of dollars and make it energy, this and that, but like you still live in a ridiculously big house Yeah, that the most like normal people don't really need. No. I mean, I live in 2000 square feet. Would it be nice to have more room? You betcha. But I, I would argue that, you know, you can be under 3000 square feet and have a really efficient home for like the modern family in a way that works, especially if you incorporate the detached garage with the ADU, which I think is like, again, money in the bank. Sure. Whether it's multi-generational living, you have the grandparents live there, family, whatever, office. I think there's going to be a big move after all this COVID thing for people are going to realize like, ah, I don't really need to go to work every day at the Dude, office. I, I, I know I'm realizing that. Yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> yeah. set up now and like I can do damn near what I do from the office from right here. And yeah. Then, I think that, yeah, I think that we still... Like, being around my kids all day and stuff is awesome. It's super awesome. Yeah. I still think we need the office because I think you're not that, I think the honesty is you're not that productive when you're at home and yeah. as, as you would be at work because you don't have like, you're not collaborating. And totally. I also own bars downtown where there's a bunch of offices. And so I don't want everyone to stop going to the office. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so I still need some, but mm -hmm. uh, I do think okay. that, uh, for, you know, people having, you know, side hustle business. So, you know, I think just looking at what you really, if, if you have the luxury and you're lucky enough to be able to build your own home custom, let's say, yeah, like if 
you could take that time and really think about what you need, not versus just like what the other houses around you have done, but to really be like, you know what, we, this is what we need. You know, we don't probably don't need, you know, that many bedrooms or maybe we have more of a convertible space, you know, everyone has open floor plans now. I mean, you know, a house that you can live in for a while instead of like most people when they can build their first house, a lot of them don't plan on living there very long. It's sure. like a, it's like this stepping thing. And so I think if you can just really, if you have that luxury to take just a minute and, you know, try to really get what you want and then take a look at some of those systems. And if you hire a builder, they should be able to, you know, you should be able to price out some of the things. And some builders will say that it's too expensive because they don't want to do it sure. because they can't quantify it. Sure. And they don't want to try something new because they're like, damn, I'm not going to lose my shirt when I know I can do this one way that's worked for the last 10 years. And I know years. how to do it. I know what I'm going to make and they're going to be right. happy with it and I can move on and, and do it again. Again, I mean, to refer back to like landscaping or even restaurants, it's like you can go to, there's just things that are try and true. We're going to yep. put two fire maples over here. We're going to have totally. switchgrass here and pompous over here. And then we're going to put, gravel here and like done five some socks away we go yeah but we have a client who's like you know i went to this one garden and you know what you know pick some town i really liked it like yeah do you think we could do something like that here and that's when you're like Hell yeah yeah we can do that let's get crazy yeah it might even be cheaper i don't know Without it, yeah. you know well and that's and like you said and that's exactly the thing is is if you have i mean and just like building a home or doing a landscape yeah, if you're lucky enough to where you're in a spot where, yeah, you know, we can really think about this stuff, what you can do, and, and it's probably not as expensive, I mean, as expensive as, as people might think. And, and, it's and, cheap and, to and, figure and, things out on paper. It's real cheap to figure them out on paper. Yeah, yeah. But, well, and that's why we build 3D models and do that. So, yeah, moving stuff around digitally is really easy and cheap. Mm-hmm. Once it starts, and I can't tell you how many times, you, got, you probably get involved with stuff like this too, where we get involved with a project where somebody started a landscape project, and it got, you know, a third of the way done. They're like, oh my God, this isn't what we thought we were getting. You know, yeah. they were, you know, told them, yeah, we'll do this, this, this. This is going to cost us much. We're like, all right, cool, go. And they, you know, get into it. And it's not what they wanted or what they thought it was going to be. And then they come to us like, no. all right, we need to really design this thing. And, and yeah, and, and that sucks. I mean, I, I, we're happy to help with that. But I mean, it sucks for them because they just. Because they've already paid. Yeah, they've paid a bunch of times oh, yeah. already. And, and it's not what they want. And we're starting over. And I think too, when people have a bad experience, this is a real bad thing in construction you know or just like the restaurants too like all the yelp reviews are negative you know (laughs) the people who don't have a good the people who have a good time are vocal you know and like people who complain about oh my contractor sucked and you didn't do this and yeah there's bad contractors out there and like i'm guilty sometimes not being the best communicator because i just am exhausted and it's very stressful and like you know at some point you just gotta be like do it but i think that taking a little bit of the time and then the homeowners never say like, yeah, well, you know, we talked to a couple of people that seem pretty organized and dialed in, but wow, they were like 10, 15% more. And you're yeah. like, yeah, cause that's what it costs to run that kind of business. That's what it takes. They're not getting, you know what I mean? Like totally, totally. the wealthiest home builders in our community are build some of the shittiest houses cause they've got it commodified. And I'm not saying that to be different. I'm saying because they're like freaking awesome business people yeah. and they have their numbers dialed and there's no deviation. Totally. You don't come in and say like, Oh, actually, Ooh, the closet. I wasn't thinking it was going to go there. Like you don't do that. And if that you do, yeah. Yeah. you get nailed with a change. Yeah. Whereas 
I get into situations I'm like, well, you don't really know what you want. Like, we can just figure it out, but I never can quantify it. Well, yeah. that's, my, that's something I have to work on better is, you know, quantifying for people like, all right, dude, yeah, you want to remodel your basement and you want to try to be net zero? Like, okay, well, you're going to have to pay me some money to figure that out. Yeah. Because if I come back, if I spend 50 hours figuring it out for free yeah. and then come back to you and it's 10 grand more than the next guy, you're going to be like, oh, dude, I was going to go with that guy. Yeah. That's, that's the hard part. It's a very, yeah. it's a weird business, man. I've picked two really bad ways to make a living, I feel like. <laughs> Construction <laughs> and restaurants, yeah. They're like inspiring and super fun and like, yeah. when it's good, it's good. But sometimes you're just like, damn. Should have been, been a lawyer. <laughs> I don't know. One of my best clients, is, he actually called me here. He's an attorney and that guy works his ass off. Oh, dude, yeah. My, I, I, I have buddies that are attorneys, man. And they work harder and more hours than anybody else. Oh, has. yeah. It's insane. And I just feel like, and you know, and there's something to be said for, especially if you're like a trial attorney. I mean, you're just like arguing with people all the time. Like I have a friend back in Tennessee where I grew up. He's a divorce, a divorce lawyer. He makes tons of money, so much money. But he's like, dude, I, every day I just deal with like wreckage, like wreckage of people's families and like their kids. And he's like, it's terrible. That sounds awful. So no, I'm not going to be, you know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah sounds awful well cool man we're just about out of time here so before we go uh, tell everybody that's listening and watching how if they have questions if if they want to you know maybe maybe talk to you about a remodel or a new house how how can they find you where can they find you online well if they're on instagram as you know i do love instagram and they can hit me up at two plank that's uh t-w-o underscore p-l-a-n-k and follow me there. And then I have a link to my website, uh, uh, twoplankboise.com. And then my email is uh, twoplankboise at gmail.com. Perfect. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Or if we were in business, you can come down and have a fine German beer with me at Prost mm-hmm. or at North End Pizza or at Matlax. But that's on hiatus for the time being. Who? Yes. Hope, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon, man. We'll all, we'll all be back there drinking German beers. Never in my wildest, I mean, we were like, okay, we can get through another recession. Our company has survived a recession before, but I never thought the government would come out and be like, yeah, you guys can't go out for like two months. Yeah. You're forbidden. Yeah. 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 Ha- having things slow down is one thing. Having it totally stop is, is, a, is a whole other thing for sure. Yeah. So. Okay. Crazy. Well, TJ, hang in there, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. You bet, man. We'll talk soon. See ya. Okay. There we go. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Christian Radio. If you liked it, please make sure to subscribe, share it on social media, and if you have questions or want to hear about anything specific that I might be able to talk about on the show, hit me up on Twitter at Christian Heiner, K-R-I-S-J-A-N-H-I-N-E-R, and you can find this and more content at ChristianHeiner.com. Thanks.